thanks to uh, Casey and Chloe and Sam and Caitlin and Jim David who am I on? Get all that. Uh, all you people that help do this, this video is good stuff. I know Jim was like working on it late last night, uh, make it happen for this morning. So uh, I'm tired. But I'd go back in a heartbeat. It's just a a, a great place, uh, great people to be with for the week. And the and the Lord, um, I pray He just worked among your your family here last week. You've got they've got lots of stories, and I'm not going to spend time doing that this morning. But uh, it's an incredible week. Thank you to all the leaders that went with me for the week. We've been talking about the Passover, uh, the Passover meal, actually, and there's 15 different ceremonies that went through that. We did that a couple weeks ago, and then last week we actually went through the first two, and we're taking the different ceremonies of the Passover, and we're attaching them to the Gospels as we're working our way through the Gospels. How does that actual Passover meal fit into those red letters, the Gospel message? And last week we talked about the first two, the first one being the cup of the Kaddish, which was the blessing, the cup of thanksgiving. And then the, the second one was the Haratz. The, the Haratz was the one where uh, was actually the washing of the hands. They dipped their hands into the bowl and washed their hands. But Jesus took it even further and did a foot washing with his disciples. And so today I want to break down just a few more of those. We'll get through uh, quite a bit of them because some of them aren't even like mentioned in the Gospels. They're just part of the Jewish practice. But we're going to pick up uh, where we left off last week in John chapter 13, verse 12. And this is just after, this is the start of the Passover supper. They've lit the candles. They drank the first cup, and Jesus is now washing their feet. And he kind of explains what he just did right here. In John 13, verse 12, it says, When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his robe, he reclined again and said to them, Do you not know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. This is well said, for I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. I assure you, a slave is not greater than his master and a messenger is not greater than the one who, who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen. I know those I have chosen. You realize that Jesus was back from the very beginning before he came to earth with God the Father and had this whole plan laid out. He knew, based upon his foreknowledge, exactly who his disciples were going to be. He knew what was to come when he came here on earth. He says, But the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. He's talking about one specific in the group. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. 
if I can foretell you what's about to happen, then maybe it might help you believe that I really am the Messiah, that I really am the Son of God, that Jesus has come to save you from your sins. He says, I assure you, whoever receives anyone I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. He's finished the foot washing, and now he goes into the third ceremony. There's a third ceremony called the carpus, but here's what happens. He takes this, he takes this parsley-type green vegetable. It's green because it's showing the freshness of spring. And he dips this into the salt water because it reminds them about the bitterness of their times that they were slaves in Egypt. And the reason they use parsley is because it represents how they put the blood above the doors during the Passover. They took the the hyssop and they dipped it in the blood and they covered their doorways so that the angel of death would pass over their doors and not take their firstborn. That was the Passover. So they're using this parsley. Now watch this. Matthew 26, verse 20, it says, When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. If you're sitting there with your bros that you've hung out with for like three years, and you say one of you is not like the rest, everybody goes, who's he talking about? Who? Which one of us is he, is he talking about? Me? Am I the one? You know how the... The evil one plays with your mind, right? He puts thoughts into your head. He's like, maybe he's talking about me. It says in verse 22, Deeply distressed, each one began to say, Surely not I, Lord. And he replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. There were several bowls of this salted water that they dipped their hands in to wash not the salted water but just the washing of the hands but then they dip the parsley and if you go to mark chapter 14 verse 20 he says it said to them it is the one of the 12 the one who is dipping bread in the bowl with me like literally they're having to watch and go well who's using the same bowl as jesus They still don't have a clue who it is. I'm sure that some of them are thinking, I'm not going to dip it with Jesus. I mean, that's what I would be doing, right? I'm using another bowl. But they're curious. And then we go back to Matthew, Matthew 26, verse 24. It says, The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Now, that's pretty harsh. You all know the story, and you know who he's talking about. He's talking about Judas, son of Iscariot. This is the one that was going to betray Jesus. And he's literally saying, you know what, Judas? Uh, Thanks for hanging out for three years, but probably would have been best if he'd just never been born because you're about to betray 
the Messiah. People always question whether or not Judas may have really believed, but he just betrayed Jesus. Based upon what Jesus just said there, I'm not sure that Judas had salvation. I'm not sure. In fact, we read another passage of Scripture last week that kind of confirmed that Jesus was saying that Judas didn't get this thing. Now, you look, uh, it says, verse 25, Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. Surely, surely not me. He's like one of the first ones to say it. Now, I've been at camp all week with junior high kids and high school kids, and one of the things that I heard, I don't know how many times, is whoever smelt it, dealt it. I won't say that it was one of our adult ladies that's actually said that, but Esther. But I heard that all week, and that's, that's really what Jesus is saying right here. He's like, Judas, if you just said that, it's probably you. If you're the one that's going to pop up and say, it, it isn't me, I mean, watch what he says. He says, you, you said it. I didn't point you out. You said it. Dude, you're the one. And guess what? The other 11 disciples still didn't get it. They still, from all that right there, they couldn't figure that whole thing out. And then Luke 22, verse 22, you realize what I'm doing here. I'm taking the four Gospels, and I'm just patching them together in order here. Luke 22 says, For the Son of Man will go away as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Verse 23, why don't they get it? It says, So they began to argue among themselves which of them could it be and who was going to do it. Who was going to do it? Now, I know that you sat there and read that they were taking the third cup, and it seems like that's kind of out of order, and that's really kind of bizarre coming out of Luke because Luke said back in chapter 1, I'm going to write this story, and I'm going to write it in chronological order. My friend Bob Warren calls this, taking this little verse out of sequence is telescoping, is that you kind of frame things like he framed all the cups and the Lord's Supper together. So inside the Lord's Supper, this is out of order of the way the Passover meal was done, but that's theologically allowed here. It doesn't rule out the fact that Luke still keeps things in chronological order. So then they get to the fourth ceremony. This is known as the Yahats. It's the breaking of the middle bread, the matzah. We talked about this two weeks ago. There were three forms of three layers of bread. They're very thin, very thin bread. They were uh, they were actually had holes that you can literally see through the bread because it wasn't allowed to be raised. There was no leaven in it. They had three. They wrapped one, wrapped a second one, wrapped a third one. And they took this middle one out, broke it in half, wrapped it in another linen, and this was called the off-common, and they would take it and hide it. They would take this off-common and hide it, then they would take the other half and slide it back in there. Three pieces of bread, 
It's kind of interesting, right, that maybe those three pieces of bread would represent the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yet they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You're going to see this all the way through. This is what we're doing is we're taking the Passover that the Jews practice to this very day, and they still don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, yet Jesus is sown through all throughout this Passover meal. You take what's in the New Testament, and you can see that this very much relates to Jesus. So that current practice of taking it is called the off-common going and hiding it. The fifth ceremony is known as the Megid. It's where they tell the Passover story. It's actually the second cup. We've said this the last two weeks. They pour the second cup. They start naming the ten plagues. It's not even mentioned in the Gospels. There's no scripture to relate to that. The sixth ceremony is the Rahatza. It's the washing of the hands again. It's, again, a current practice. They wash their hands after the second time, dipping the fingers simply into the water. Again, no mention in the Gospels. Just a Jewish ceremony written into the Mishnah. The seventh ceremony was the Matzi. It was the blessing for him who brings forth the bread of the earth. It's just thanking the Lord for their food. It's the blessing on the bread, again, not mentioned in the Gospels. We're flying through these ceremonies. The eighth ceremony was the matzah. It was the eating of the small piece of the middle matzah and the upper matzah. Each participant got a small piece of matzah. In fact, there's these bread baskets that are going around right now. They're, I don't know where they are. John, do you know where they are? I'm going to pass this around, and I'm going to try to do this without disturbing everybody. But if you'll just take this and just pass this around a room, but I want you to grab a piece and just hold on to it and just pass it. You don't have to distract everybody around you in doing that, but just grab it. This is how we're going to take the Lord's Supper today, but this symbolizes the matzah. It's very thin. It's unleavened. They did it real quick. In the middle of the night, made this bread. And this is what they used during the Passover. They used this in the Passover, a very similar type bread. And so now that during this actual ceremony, they've taken it out of the middle and of the upper, and they're eating the matzah. Again, here, there's no reference in the Gospels to this ceremony. Then the ninth ceremony is the meror, They take the bitter herbs that are on the plate, and they, again, practice. They just eat those. It's like horseradish and different things like that to remind them of, again, the bitterness that they went through as they suffered through their slavery. Then we get to the tenth ceremony. The tenth ceremony is known as the Koraic. This is where you would actually take some of the bread and you would dip it into kind of an apple, wine, and horseradish, and you would make a sandwich out of it, just a small olive-sized sandwich. So you've dipped this bread now into this coray, which is the apple sauce, wine. It's kind of grayish looking. It looks kind of nasty. But you would dip this in, and when you dip that in, they called it the sop. In the Mishnah, In the Jewish Passover, it's known as the sop. And the first person to get the sop at the dinner typically was sitting in a place of honor. 
they were you you dip the bread in you make the sop and you give it to the person that's sitting in the place of honor now watch this this is crazy we go to john chapter 13 verse 21 it says when jesus had said this he was troubled in his spirit and testified truly i tell you one of you will betray me the disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. Who wrote this book? Well, what are we reading out of? We're reading out of John. He mentions himself, one that Jesus dearly loved. It's probably John himself. And it says, there, it says that he's sitting there laying on top of Jesus. He's just spread out there and loving Jesus. He's cuddling with Jesus. It says this, verse 24, Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. It was Peter again. You know, the, the, dude, that, the dude that's like, Jumped out of the boat. The dude that's cut off the ear, he's like, I want to know who this is. I'm ready to take him out. It ain't me. Peter's already said, I'm not going to deny it. It ain't me. Verse 25, it says, So he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, He's the one I gave the piece of bread to after I dipped it. Wait, wait, wait a second. You mean Jesus dipped it in the harrowset, called it the sop, and he gave it to the person who was sitting in the seat of honor. He said it was the first person I gave it to. But if you didn't recognize, if you're like busy watching everything that's going on and you didn't notice who the first person he was that gave it to, again, you're still clueless. But Jesus literally said, Judas is sitting next to me in a place of honor. That's crazy. The one that's going to betray him. The one that probably would have been better if he hadn't even been born. It says, when he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him again remember satan is not omnipresent he's not going to enter multiple people satan entered judas after judas ate the piece of bread satan entered him so jesus told him hey what you're doing do it quickly judas Whatever it is that you're supposed to go do, go. And amazing, amazing. It says, verse 28, none of those reclining at the table knew why he said this to them. For three years, Judas has been hanging out with these guys, and he was obviously just one of the guys. He kept the change purse. He managed the money. We know all that based upon what we saw with Martha and Mary. 
It says, since Judah kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, buy what you need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. They really, really believe that Judas is one of them. So much that they're giving him the benefit of the doubt that Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, one of you dipped your hand in the water with me, one I gave the sop to is going to betray me, yet they still believe that he was going out to do Jesus' work to get the Passover, the, the Feast of the Tabernacles, not Tabernacles, yeah, Tabernacles, for the next day that he was going to go get supplies. You go, well, how could they do that during Passover week? They're not supposed to work during Passover week. Well, you go back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 16, and it says this, you are to hold a sacred assembly on the first day and another sacred assembly on the seventh day. No work may be done on those days except for preparing what people need to eat. You may do that only. So it was legit that Judas could honestly get up and go prepare the meal that's going to happen on Saturday or on actually on Friday morning. He's going to go prepare the meal. This is Thursday night. He's going to go. That's what they're thinking. They're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Jesus is like saying, you go do what you need to do, knowing that he was going to be betrayed. But the disciples didn't have a clue. Verse 30, it says, After receiving the piece of bread, he immediately left, and it was night. Judas got up and left just after Jesus said that. Then we get to the 11th ceremony. This is the shohan. This is the eating of the main meal. At this time, it was the roasted lamb that they had sacrificed during earlier on during that day. In, at the Temple Mount, Peter and John had prepared this. Today, it's just typically a chicken meal in this Passover. So they eat the main meal. Luke twenty two twenty confirms this. It says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper. They finished the supper. So now that was the 10th meal. They're getting ready to move into the next one, which is the cup. The 12th ceremony is known as the Safun. It's the eating of the Afikamen. As we talk about this, there are actual jars of juice. I'm going to let you serve each other today. And John, we're going to go ahead and pass those out. You haven't eaten your bread yet, have you? But just pour you a little bit and pass it around. We're getting there. So now you've got the Safun that is happening. It's the eating of the off-common. Sometimes the adults go and hide this off-common, but then they go and have the kids find it. It's become a game today. So the kids go and find it, and they bring the off-common back. The off-common is something that is then served as the 12th part of this ceremony. I know this is going to be a distraction to you pouring the juice, but just stay focused with me right here. Again, you've got the three parts of the bread representing the Trinity. What they would do when they take this safoon is they would literally reach in just as you have done with the bread, and they would take an olive-sized piece of that bread, and they would eat the bread. They would eat the bread. Now remember this. During this part of the ceremony, Judas is not around. If this is the first Lord's Supper, 
Judas is already gone. He didn't even participate in the Lord's Supper. He's out the door. Luke twenty two nineteen says, And he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it, gave it to them, and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the only time in the Passover meal that bread was broken and passed out. It had to happen during this Safun ceremony when Jesus said, I want you to take this and realize that my body is given up for you. It's important for you to understand why Jesus gave up his body for you. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about to the disciples because they didn't get it. They didn't get, I'm talking about you sitting here today. It's important for you to understand why Jesus gave up his body. Why he gave up his life. He was crucified on the cross. He was buried and he was raised again. It's when he was raised again that he did this. Watch this. This is it. This is it. He did this for me. When he did this for me, he removed my old sinful nature and gave me his life. And now it is his life living in me. When I walk here on the face of this earth, me and him are walking together, and it's all because he gave up his body for me. It's in Jesus' name that we remember you giving up your life. Then you get to the 13th ceremony. This is the beret. And it's a grace that's said over the third cup. It is known as the cup of redemption. Jesus reached out and he took the third cup. And he prayed for redemption. How fitting, how fitting is it that the third cup be about redemption in this Seder order? To the unredeemed Jew... The cup points to a future redemption. But to you sitting in this room right here, it points to a past redemption, that of Jesus Christ dying how many times on the cross? Once. He died one time on the cross, and his blood was poured out. Luke twenty two twenty says this. In the same way, he also took the cup. And after supper, he said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood, which is poured out for you. Now, that's a big deal. He gave up his life so that he could remove our sinful nature and give us a new nature. And that he could live his life through us. But the blood, the blood, oh, the blood. The blood was poured out. Why was the blood important? Because the blood had what in it? It had life in it. The blood had life in it. 
And it was the sacrificial element that God said, I want you to recognize that forgiveness comes through the blood, the blood being poured out, because there's life in the blood. He gives you life. And as much as the Jews went and they sacrificed the goats, the bulls, the sheep, and their blood was poured out, Hebrews tells us that only covers sin. That doesn't forgive sin. The only thing that forgives sin is the blood of Jesus. And so Jesus said, this is my blood which is poured out for you. And when he said that, he meant you are forgiven completely, past, present, and future. Live in a state of forgiveness. And when you come together in 2018 sitting at Pinheads and drink this cup, I want you to remember that you are totally forgiven and everybody sitting around you that believes in me is forgiven. And it's in Jesus' name we remember the blood. And I close with this. Matthew 26, verse 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He blessed it and broke it. He gave it to the disciples. And he said, take it and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it. All of you. Judas is gone. He didn't say that. But Judas is already gone. All of you drink from this cup. For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Someday again, we're going to take the Lord's Supper in the presence of Jesus. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. We think it's a time of mourning, but it's really a time of thankfulness and a time of celebration. I pray that you can clearly see that Jesus is the Messiah through this Passover meal. There's two more ceremonies. We're not going to get to them today. We're getting through the Passover. We'll get there. We'll cover those last two ceremonies. But I hope that you can clearly see through the Scripture. It amazes me that they can't see this. It amazes me. I pray that you can see that Jesus is the Passover lamb who's died for you. His blood was poured out, and he gave his life for you so that you may have life to the fullest. Father, I pray that um, today your word reigns true and that it can be clearly seen by those in this room. I'm thankful that's not my job. That's yours. And so I trust you with my friends. I trust you that they'll read your word, they'll understand it, and they'll know that you have made them holy, redeemed, forgiven children of God. And that when they walk out that door, they walk with their heads held high. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.